Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly podcast all about indie games and their creators in some ways on occasion when we actually invite them and such. We're, we're trying to get into a groove with the Indie Incursion Podcast, so the creators may not be on as much at the moment, but they will be eventually. Uh, we also talk about Kickstarter indie games and so much more. Uh, today for the Indie Games News, we are going to be talking about uh, Super Meat Boy Forever getting delayed, uh, Greg Lobanov's new game, Draw Dog, which I don't know why that title makes me feel so uncomfortable. Actually, I do know exactly <laughs> why, and I'll tell you when we get into the news story. Uh, We're going to talk about a game uh, called Dicey Dungeons, a game called Pathways, all the awesome independently developed bird games that are out there, and Moonlighter passing some pretty significant goals. Uh but first, and this is a big one, guys, okay? Everybody got to be ready because I forgot to let you know that my name is Vaughn Hyde. Uh, and uh, as always, I co-host this podcast with the big Josh boy. How are you doing today? In the house. All right, let's go, baby. I think, Where I was initially going with it, yeah, I mean, did you, you pretty did I do much it? got it. Did I, all yeah, right, you I'm got so, it. You got it. Don't Offer you, baby. <laughs> so, where I was originally going before I realized that I actually forgot to introduce us was to ask you what you've been playing this week. Anything good? Anything just tantalizing? Just delicious? Like a chef's kiss? <laughs> delicious. I don't know about delicious, but uh, I have been playing uh, some pretty interesting games. The first one I'll talk about um, was Overwhelm. So this is a Nintendo Switch, uh, and I believe it's also for uh, PC on Steam. Uh, it's a game that is deeming itself as the anti-Metroidvania. Um, essentially, it, it basically plays as like a Metroidvania would, where you go through and you're exploring through the castle. You're trying to, well, it's not really a castle, it's a hive. But you're exploring through and you're fighting a boss. But the main twist is that usually when you would fight a boss, you'd get a power-up, right? And you'd get stronger, and then you'd be able to go do something else in the world. Well, instead, in this one, what happens is the enemies get stronger in the world that you're inside of. So you basically beat a monster, and what happens is you're inside this kind of a hive. It's like a bunch of bugs, sort of, to start with. It's really just these little, like, grasshopper things and these flies. But then as you start beating the boss monsters the world will evolve so there will be these giant ram things that will show up in the world that will try to attack you there'll be these super fast like bugs that uh show up there will be the grasshoppers can now climb on walls or spit venom so there's a bunch of different upgrades that they get and it makes it much harder to traverse through the world and get to the next boss and the, the part why this is hard is because you basically have three lives and then when you die that's it you have to start it all over again now, this isn't like a, you know, a, a procedurally generated type level. This is, it's always the same. 
and you'll always fight the same bosses and you'll always the bosses will always give them the same power up so it gives you the idea to plan out your attack so you say okay well this boss is easier i've got him down so maybe i'll save him for last and go for the harder ones because i don't want to ruin a good run by then going to the harder boss and you know fighting them last and losing and going through and you basically have to complete all of them by killing them all then getting back to the spawning point and um escaping and then there's also an additional boss which is kind of spoilers but eh, yeah whatever can't believe um, you just spoiled that for me josh i know i'm well, probably not even good enough is, to get dude, that this far is a, in the yeah game, this is but... a get this is a get good game so i don't <laughs> i don't know because i played it for basically a whole night with a buddy of mine because it is nice because you can play co-op which was pretty dope on the Nintendo Switch. You just you have to play with the Joy-Cons, which is kind of annoying because I wish they would have just given me, you know, the ability to play on an actual controller. But it's fine. I do have a question when it comes to co-op. So you said you have three lives. I know yes. you could pick each other up. Do you get all three back, or do you just get one? You, okay, so that's the really good thing, and co-op makes it much easier because you can pick them up and you won't lose a life. You only lose a life if both of you die. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's so cool. it makes it like incredibly easier, and even with that, it's still super tough. Like I played for probably about six hours or so with my buddy, uh, one of the, the first night that it ended up coming out, and we were able to. So there's five bosses in the world that you have to complete and then escape the tunnels. The farthest we were able to get was completing three of them in a run. Um, but we were never able to get past three three bosses at a time. So it was always we kept dying on one of them. And it's it's really tough. Like the good thing is what happens is anytime you kill a boss, anytime you collect the crystal that the boss drops and bring it back to your base, um, those scenarios, you get your lives back. So if you lost two lives, you can regain up to that three by doing those those like checkpoints, so to speak. But it gets tougher and tougher each time you end up losing a life because the vision that you have starts closing in and it's really weird it's it makes it very uh, almost to go by its name overwhelming because it forces you to think like kind of that you're going crazy um because as you start dying your vision starts sucking in when you're fighting bosses they randomly the screen will like flash and they'll disappear and go to other places and like teleport it it makes it kind of seem like you're in this very scary like you're losing your mind inside this hive of bugs and like monsters it's it's done very well the only one thing like i said is it's just it can be very tough um and also there was a number of times i think it happened to us like three or four times where the game ended up freezing and it basically ruins a run when you're you know you have to go through this entire thing without dying so it'll basically just kill you and then you're like oh well that's it yeah i'm assuming there are no like checkpoints or anything once you start you get as far as you can and you either die or you just give up like if you have to leave you just give up a life or yeah so there's a save um state part to it but basically whenever you save no matter where you were in the game you'll go back to the home base which eliminates a lot of the progress that you made if you don't have certain like like a gem or anything so if you if you went all the way out to say a boss area but then died and you had like like in our case with the uh the game freezing we had saved that file before which made it so that we came back to the home base but we had technically lost a life because it counted us counted it as us dying so it was it was a little annoying just because then we have to get all the way back and there wasn't really a checkpoint to go to 
That sounds like kind of a pain. So it seems like the only thing that it actually saves is like the amount of bosses that you've killed. N- well, no. Or because, well, yes and no. Unless you die three times on that run, and then it'll restart from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I just meant like when you use this save state, the only yes, thing it really yes. saves is that. From what I can tell, yes, that's that's how it was working for us. We would end up going back right to the start. Oh, okay. How does the damage work in it? Because you said you have lives. Is there like you have like a hundred percent damage, and then you get hit, and it slowly goes down, or just when nope, you get you hit, die. you die? One hit KO. Oh, that fucking sucks. Does know, everything it's... else have one hit KO? Or no, no. That sounds like such a pain in the ass. And it was really strange because like sometimes you'd shoot like because you basically have two moves. You have a punch move and a shotgun, and so. Well, it's not really a shotgun. It's more like a pistol. But so your pistol, like when we first started playing, the pistol would kill everything with one shot and the the punch would kill everything with one shot. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But then sometimes I noticed that like, depending on the way you're shooting certain enemies, like it would take two or sometimes three bullets to kill them. So it was really confusing. Like, I don't know what the mechanic is on that. I didn't play it long enough to really understand why sometimes they didn't die, but it would sometimes screw me up just because I'd shoot him, think he's dead, because he should have been, because I'd shot him, and then it would end up, like, pouncing on me, and I was like, oh, w- what the hell? Like, but if you... At the same time, you have your punch, which is always a one-hit KO, but your punch, you, like, basically dash into them, and if you time it wrong, you'll dash right into you where they are yourself. and kill yourself, yeah. <laughs> so it, it becomes very, like, nerve-wracking to use that if you want to get up and close. All right, that sounds pretty cool. I mean... I'm probably, uh, I'll probably end up buying it and then not getting anywhere in it because I'm just terrible at video games, but that sounds really cool. And I like the co-op functionality of it, that it makes it like slightly easier because your friend can pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. And it it came into, uh, it came into play a lot like me and him. (laughs) It it wasn't like, I don't know, because I would feel good at at times where I'm like, all right, I'm finally getting the system. And then I would just keep making stupid mistakes. Like I felt like we kept going back and forth between being the shitty player who had to, like the other one had to help him out. Uh, I imagine this is a dumb question, but I when you play single player, is it just you or do you have like an AI partner that goes with you? No, it's just you. Okay, cool. I was I was wondering if it was like a Gears of War-esque type of co-op where it's no, like, no. yeah, they've always been there. Okay. <laughs> no, I think the one difference that I've noticed is uh, it seems like you have more ammo when you play single player mode. Whereas with uh, the co-op mode, you have like 75 shots, I think. And on single player, you have like 99. Oh shit, ammo's even limited? That yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. sucks. Yeah, this so you, game sounds like it sucks. It's, it's very tough. It, it's it's not a it's not a not a walk in the park. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not a Sekiro, but it's not uh, it's not something to joke about. That sounds uh, it sounds super interesting. Isn't like the uh, I've seen like some screenshots and stuff of it. Does the color palette ever change, or is it just like red and black? And no, white? it's like always red and black, red, black, and white. Ah, oh, that's interesting. It's this yeah. game is so interesting to me. It's like it's. <sighs> I think it's done like very, um, very intelligently. Like the, the the color aspect to it, the music to it, the sounds to it, the flashing screens, and the way they make the actual vision like change based on how many deaths you have. Like it really does give you that feeling of being inside some kind of weird hive, or you know, like traversing into this. It's a very dark and dreary world, and I, I think that 
a couple of the upsets of it being like there was a couple of times where I fell through a floor randomly um, and there was like I said those few times where the game would freeze but like other than that there was a lot of really smart things about this and it's only like 10 bucks so I feel like it's definitely worth it for a pickup especially if like in my case it was just me and like one of my best friends who was playing and we we spent like the entire night playing that game to the point where I figured I was just gonna like try it out and be like yeah I just want to you know test it out and maybe write uh, some kind of article on it or you know just see what it's all about and we just got totally sucked into it where we had like plans that night and we just didn't do anything other than playing that game (laughs) You're like, sorry, can't. It's, yeah. it, it, just playing overwhelmed. That sounds super cool. I'm going to have to check it out now. Um, Is that all you've been playing this week? Playing anything else? Or just overwhelmed? You got so overwhelmed. <laughs> just so overwhelmed. Um, I've been playing a little bit of other things. I, I keep playing Path of Exile, trying to get into that. But, I mean, I talked about that earlier. Nothing too different about that other than me just grinding um and then the only other thing is really me picking up uh yoshi's crafted world um so i've been trying to play through that as well um which has been nice because i've just been playing with my wife and we've been going through every once in a while she's just so damn slow with games i'll be like you want to play tonight and she'll be like oh no and i'm like damn it i got this game for you like But uh, but it's been nice though. I mean, it's it's still good whenever we do play. I love it because you get to eat like your 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 other Yoshi, like your co op person. So you can basically you just love like, it because you can be a cannibal. Well, so that's it's really, what you say. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing: because you you eat enemies like in Yoshi games where you would you would basically suck them down and they turn into eggs. But with this one, you can also eat your co-op player, the the buddy who's next to you, your buddy Yoshi, and you can then spit him out. And you could do that for like uh, an actual attack, so you could spit him out to like kill enemies. But I always do it where I piss off my wife, and I'll just eat her, and then spit her off over like a ledge, and get her really <laughs> upset. <laughs> you basically Kirby side her, like if you were playing Smash, you just eat yeah. her and then throw her, and off. then that, spit her out. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. <laughs> she gets so mad. <laughs> Oh my god. That's why I don't play games with anybody. I don't want them to piss me off like that. Uh, come on. You can just play Yoshi with me. We'll have a grand old time. Sounds like you're a dickhead playing Yoshi, so I'm not going to play with you. <laughs> All right. Maybe next time. Um, For me, playing this week, I uh, just I played a little bit of Divinity Original Sin 2. Ooh, that one's I a little interesting. Game. I haven't got super far into it. I just got like I I always have this issue where in RPGs I'm I get stuck in the first little bit because I don't like the character that I make. So oh, I like geez. Yeah, I initially made a ranger and then I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to be a ranger cuz the wayfarer seems so much cooler." So I made a wayfarer guy. I mean, not at all deep into the game, but much further in the game that I had before. And then I was like, oh man, I hate that I always go into, I want to play myself, but I don't want to always like go into combat and happen to be like my wayfarer is the first person to go. So I was like, now I'm going to make an up close person so they could be the tank and they'll be the first. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Play, so man, you got plenty have other not characters. got far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, haven't gotten too far in that one. 
also played more Dragon Age. Uh, but the two things that kind of, I mean, the the two indie games I've been playing is uh, I downloaded and played a lot more Flint Hook. Um, I really, really enjoy Flint Hook. It's it's a great game. I'm so bad at it though. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just not good it. at video games. I've always seen it and wanted to try it, but I just never picked it up. It's a lot of fun. It's I I really really enjoy it simply because its art style is amazing and I like the world a lot. It's like these, it's this weird like pirate game essentially where it it's hard to explain. But I got back into it really because of that sale that I was talking to you and Errol about on the last episode where mm-hmm. I bought my flint hook pin. I got my flint hook pin. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I have to play the game. I just have to. <laughs> they suckered so, you in. Yeah. So I downloaded the game again and started playing it. And otherwise, I've been playing Farblade. Um, it's yeah it, uh, we talked about it in our uh, I think it was in our game of the year episode maybe where we talked about games that you should like keep an eye on um, Farblade is being made by one person and it's super early in development I just happened to like follow him on Twitter and really enjoyed what I saw of the game and I slowly kept like following it seeing all his tweets and he finally announced to fund the development of the game. He was putting it on like itch.io is I think how you say it. Yeah. Um, which also is a site that I've never heard of before, like this week, which is a little odd. Yeah, that is odd. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's a big thing. Cause like now that I have like played Farblade on it, now I see like a bunch of different indies on it. And I'm like, what the, f- how long has this been here? Uh, yeah, I just didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> It was weird. But yeah, I've been playing some Farblade. Uh, all the game has right now. So you can purchase it for, I believe, $4.99. And you can, of course, give more if you want to. Um, but all, the minimum payment is $4.99. Um, I've been playing that. All he has right now is uh, one boss. It's a boss rush game. Um, it's it's super bare bones right now. But it's, it's weirdly a lot of fun. Even though there's only one boss to kill, which is like this giant squid, um, it, it and that's the only enemy in the game so far. Because in most boss rush games, the only things that you fight are bosses. That's about it. Like Fury, you only fight bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I have is like the one boss to play, but it's weirdly a lot of fun. And I also really like the art style. Uh, so that's going to be something that I keep like looking in on and checking it out. Um, cause he's going to like update it every now and then, which is really cool. But other than that, yeah, I just played more dragon age, Flint hook, divinity, original sin two. Yeah. Just kind of going around. I haven't played a whole lot of anything, but, uh, I played a little bit of a lot, man. That's, that's far blade. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. And just like someone playing it, it looks really weird. How you have to change the camera angle like that. Yeah, um, that's one of my big critiques of it is that even then, uh, so it's it's only on PC right now, um, and so I don't know how to with keyboard and mouse. I didn't try it. I just plugged in my Xbox 360 controller, mm-hmm. and to change the camera view, you actually have to use uh, like LB and RB instead of using the right joystick, and it's really annoying because the right joystick doesn't do anything. It's literally just useless, and I don't... It's weird. It feels odd. Um, But once you get into, like, boss battles, you actually... I mean, once again, there's only the first boss so far. Um, But the camera, like, switches to, like, a fixed camera angle, and you could see basically the entire arena that you're fighting the boss in. So you don't even have to worry about it. It's kind of just a way to experience the world, which Mm. is really cool. And it can be used in a lot of really cool ways. Um, 
But yeah, that's it's really annoying. That's my one massive critique of the game is that it's super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they uh, do something with that. But it's so early in development right now anyway yeah. that I'm sure that something will change with that because I'm definitely sure a lot of people will complain about that and... There's got to be, you know, ways to make it a bit smoother. I mean, it'll be really cool because the game is obviously going to have puzzles in it. And I think that that could be done like that. uh, The weird like camera angles you have to switch to could be done really. It could do some amazing things um, for puzzles, but it's really uncomfortable to do with the LBRB. If they just switched it to the joystick, it would be so much better. It would be so much easier. Um, but I think it's about time we hop into the news for today, because of course, that is a main component of this, is us talking about indie games news. Um, our first news story is on IGN. It is written by Colin Stevens, and it is Super Meat Boy Forever has been delayed. Wow. Um yeah, right. Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever, the sequel to 2010's punishing platforming modern classic, has been delayed past its planned April 2019 release window. And <coughs> I, like, choked on my own spit. That was terrifying. Um, (laughs) Announced by Team Meat on Twitter, the news came in a form of a note reading, uh, we've been knocking out yeah, we've been uh, knocking out the last bits of Super Meat Boy Forever at record speeds while keeping a healthy and sustainable pace. Uh, we are going to keep that pace, which means we will not hit our April 2019 release. Sorry about that. Uh, we could we could have sacrificed our minds, bodies, and social lives to make April 2019, but that's stupid. And I like that candle <laughs> a little bit. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, nope, that's stupid. <laughs> um, the Nothing note continues. Uh, Team Meat isn't... Uh, some studio owned by an evil asshat corporation that has uh, that has that has say over what we do or how we do it. Um, we are fortunate enough to have control over what we work. Yeah, yeah, no, over how we work, not what we work. What am I even talking about? Oh my god. <laughs> Um, over how we work and how we choose not to run ourselves into the ground. Yeah, um, I just kind of, I really wanted to talk about this less of the news, uh, less mm-hmm. because of the news of the delay, but more about that Team Meat is just like, yeah, we want to be healthy. We want to have social lives and we're not going to crunch. We're not going to do all this, um, which is really awesome. Uh, in my other podcast, uh, you guys made me ink that I do with a couple of my friends on our most recent episode. We talked about like accessibility, accessibility in games and like difficulty options, um, which kind of goes to a weird place. But in the end, we kind of settled on the top. Like we settled on it that if, uh, like if gamers want developers to not have to crunch if we really do care about it which we absolutely should because these are amazing people creating amazing things um we have to make concessions like paying more for games or games are going to get delayed and we'll have to wait longer for them and i think this is a perfect like representation of that because they're like hey we're not going to crunch we're not going to do that um so you guys are just going to have to wait and i think that's awesome and i don't think anybody should be angry about this it's like hey yeah don't kill yourselves have social yeah. lives. That's awesome. Well, I think it's also based on the way they did this. So if they didn't make an announcement with this in mind, and probably also on the coattails of you know the recent stories that have been coming up, I'm sure there would have been a lot of people who had bitched about it. Based on it's the way true, they sadly. came out with this, though, it's an obvious win story and almost a marketing ploy of like, it's 
fine to be late because they're trying to push that, which not that I'm saying they're doing it for that purpose. Cause obviously there's a lot of good that's coming from this, but it, I think that it could have been taken differently in a different time and in a different method, if like medium, if they had tried to do that. Um, but I think it's really good. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about this story too, is because it goes into a lot of what we were talking about last week when we talked about, you know, um, developers and what they can actually do about crunch is really like this is where it has to start is with companies that are you know they have to take control and say you know we're going to bite the bullet and say that hey this has to be delayed even though that might burn into the you know their pockets and obviously that's a little different not everyone has the luxury luxury yeah luxury God, I can't say it. Luxury? Luxury. God, I don't know (laughs) why I kept trying to mold two words together. The luxury (laughs) to um, do that and not, you know, uh, take a lot of bite back from it. But we're talking about larger companies and corporations that obviously can. And this is a smaller independent studios that's saying, nope, we're going to do this because we care about our people. Um, So I I think it's awesome. And it's great because if you're not a super meat boy fan or you're not, you know, well versed into this, I'm sure there's a lot of people who will like see or hear this story that will want to now check out their series or at least them as a team because of their backing. Yeah. Because of all the good press that they're getting from this. Exactly. Yeah. And plus, I mean, it's just a really good game. You should get it regardless, but I mean, also the people are cool too. So it's a win win, you know, (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited for Super Meat Boy Forever. I like that it's mixing both the like complex platforming and some like actual combat. Like the I think punching that... thing. Yeah, it yeah. Looks, it looks like it's gonna be really tough though when they start like getting into later levels. Like adding another element to the game, I'm a little nervous about how far I'll actually get with this one. Because with the original Super Meat Boy, I got to like the last world, but damn, was it tough to do that. <laughs> I mean, I. It might, in my opinion, I think it might make it a little bit easier depending on how the game is designed um, because it seems like I, I would assume that it would be something similar to like and this is not at all. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like this, but in my head, the mechanic would work similar to how in the messenger you could like. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of it, too. Yeah, like, you slash you and punch, jump. You get to jump. Yeah, yeah, I w- I would think that it would make it slightly easier than the original Super Meat, which was just like, yeah, you can run, you can grip to walls, and you could jump, and that's about it. Like, I mean, figure it out. Yes and no, it depends because like, yes, it'll make it easier in the context of like how the original game was, but I'm assuming that with this, you throw in even more, you know, distractions or more. Yeah, they throw in more obstacles, they make the game harder. Yeah, so, like, with that, now there's a lot more of, like, oh, the responsibility is on you now because you have more abilities, you should be better now, so we're going to throw all this other stuff your way. That's very true. Yeah, it could go both ways. It could either make it easier or they can make it much harder. Mm -hmm. Uh, As, like, they're like, yeah, it's... It could be easier, but yeah, it definitely could be much harder. Um, I think it's about uh, yeah. We should switch to our next news story. I don't know where I was going. Ooh, that, that yeah. transition though. I'm so good at we're them. Still, we're still awesome at it. Let's see where. I uh, need to like eat before I actually do the podcast because right. I just get like weird and slightly lethargic. <laughs> Speaking of lethargic, how about not coloring in the lines? Huh? I'm too lazy to care. Huh? <laughs> 
Try kind of goes. <laughs> kind of. Anyway. Um, over on Polygon, this written by Dante Douglas is uh, Draw Dog is a playable coloring book where you where staying in the lines doesn't matter. This is made by the developers behind uh, Wonder Song. I mean, I think it might be only just the one. Is it just Greg Lobanov working on this, or is it also the composer as well? Um, mm. As well as the sound effects from Wonder Song and... Oh no! The composer, the soundtrack is actually done by uh, um, Lena Rain, who mm-hmm. did the uh, music for Celeste. So that's pretty cool. I'm I'm actually excited about this game. Um, so there's not a whole lot of news in this article itself. It's kind of just the announcement of the game that Greg Wovenov is working on another game. Um, the game itself is this. It's it's kind of like a weird isometric platformer, or just like a puzzle game it seems Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely a puzzle game um where you use a paintbrush to solve puzzles um they use one of the uh one of the instances is like trying to get across a gap you have to inflate a mushroom with paint um by painting over it and then you use it to get across i think that was really cool this game looks just really interesting i like it's kind of like whimsical art style it just looks really kiddish and fun it looks very strange. Um, I mean, I I posted about this as well, like when I first saw this, and I was like, because it's got Greg Lobanov behind it, I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. But like, man, does it look weird? <laughs> and I don't know really. I mean, I guess I don't know how much of a game this will be. But then again, Wonder Song wasn't really either, and it was more of you know the story behind it. Um, I'm also a little concerned just because for anything else other than PC, I feel like this would be a nightmare to actually draw with. I mean, so, on the like, Switch, you could use the touchscreen. I don't want to use the touchscreen, though, because it doesn't have a stylus, <laughs> and then I'm going to get my stubby <laughs> fingers all over it and smudge it. And then, if Yeah, not, it could definitely like, be annoying. I, I see I, where you're going with that. I don't know. It seems like it would be super difficult to, to play with unless you're on PC, and even then, it's not like fine-tuned which i guess is fine like obviously the whole point is like you could be messy with it like if you look at the video of them painting the mushrooms it's like them just kind of like sloshing it around so but it still still doesn't feel like it'll be that uh that good of a click i guess but i don't know but regardless i mean i'm i'm super excited to see where it goes this is obviously very very early and there's not even like a release date or like anything to the nature like this is still a working title for the name of draw dog which Oh, okay. So I should tell you right now, the reason that I think Draw Dog is such a weird name, and I don't know where it comes from, but my friends keep telling me they they come up and say Naw Dog. I go Raw Dog. I understand the sentiment. (laughs) Yeah, I understand what they're saying, but it sounds eerily similar to Draw Dog. So every time I look at the name, I'm like, oh, no, Mm. that's weird. But raw not everybody's going to have that same issue with me. Um, yeah, raw assume... dog. We're staying in the condom. Doesn't matter. That's what the title should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would assume the painting mechanic would be similar to how it is in, like, Okami with its, like, paintbrush. And how you uh, you basically, like, click a button to select to actually switch to the mode where you can paint. And then you just do, like, a quick paint kind mm. of a thing. I, I would assume it's going to be similar to that. 
so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um, it doesn't seem like Greg Lobanov really makes games that are super gameplay intensive. I mean, yeah. Wonder Song really wasn't. It doesn't seem like this one's going to be either. So I'm not too worried about mixing mechanics between the uh, the painting and also having to do like platforming. So it definitely seems like it's going to be more of like an experience, and it's going to be about the story than it is going to be about the gameplay. Yeah, which is I nice. That's yeah, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, but speaking of gameplay, uh, there's another game that doesn't really have any. Um, overall, Polygon, our next news story is written by Dante Douglas again. Dude, <laughs> this guy's lots... working hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Dante Douglas <laughs> yeah. <honest. laughs> um, This is Simple Dice. Uh, oh, what, 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 this is so weird. Uh, Simple Dice become the heroes in Terry Kavanaugh's, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh's newest Dicey Dungeons. Um, this is the, uh, the guy who made, uh, okay. So you're going to have to say this title for me again. How do you say that? It's V V V V V V V V V. That's such a dumb fucking title. I hate it so much. Um, and super hexagon, uh, it thinks balance is overrated. Okay. That's kind of unnecessary. Um, yeah, he's got a new title coming out called, uh, dicey dungeons. It is a card and dice game that follows six quirky characters through procedurally generated episodes of a game show hosted by lady luck. Uh, yeah, polygon, like got to look at it. I don't really care. Um, Battles in Dicey Dungeons are turn-based, and each turn begins with rolling a number of dice. After uh, dice have been rolled, you slot each dice into ability slots on the board to deal damage or apply other effects, such as healing, poisoning, uh, and simply re-rolling the target die. Uh, And it seems like the different characters are actually going to have class types as well. Mm-hmm. They talk about like the warrior who can do more damage or do uh, shield providing abilities, and then there's the jester who has like uh, pulls cards from the deck and stuff like that. This game looks really cool. I was just making a joke about it not having gameplay. A lot of people say that games don't have gameplay when they literally do. The fact that like you're not just watching a movie means it has gameplay. Um, so but this game looks really interesting. It, it's obviously inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, which it actually says that it's like influenced by familiar fantasy tropes such as uh those found in dungeons and dragons so i'm i'm super excited for this game which is a little weird because i do not like its art style i'm telling you right now well no i like the art style i just don't like dice characters i think they look weird that is an awfully strange thing but based on our conversations i'm not surprised yeah it makes sense you and your weird weird (laughs) hiccups anyway interesting um, enough this is kind of a card game, but Dude, also so something else. How do you, how do you, uh, how do you make it even more enticing for me? A card <laughs> game, you say? What if we add dice? <laughs> oh man, they're really speaking. Dude, it it actually it looks pretty cool because it reminds me a lot of um, just basics of Slay the Spire of like that you're traveling through a specific corridor, you're fighting these enemies, you're keeping your specific deck, and like going and building that up but they add this weird yahtzee element to it of like the rolls and each roll you get to use those dice for potentially different cards like i feel like there's uh, depending on because i know they said that whole balance is overrated thing depending on how they balance this game this could be either really good or really bad because i feel like at one chance, like a lot of this is up to chance. It's not only based on what cards you get, unless I'm assuming you always have the same cards, but you would then also leave it up to chance based on what role you get. So there's like, 
is there an element where you just have nothing to do or you just kind of get like pooped on because you got a bad role and you got a bad card like I, I don't know there's there's a lot more that I want to see of this before I get too hyped but I think the concept is really cool I just I don't. mean a whole part of like strategy role playing games is also like doing the best with what you have even though sometimes you can de- it seems like in this game it's much more up to chance but I think the whole like being able to slot the dice into cards kind of gives you an edge like it's obviously the the dice rolls themselves are going to be completely random and i'm assuming your card draws will be two from your base Mm -hmm. deck Mm -hmm. but if you build your deck correctly um the dice rolls really won't matter like it's of course yeah i'm gonna hit harder i'm gonna heal better i'm gonna do this but if you build your deck correctly and you strategize accordingly i I don't see this getting like weighted too heavily against you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, I I don't see it being weighted too heavily in chance if you strategize accordingly and if they allow you to make your own deck. Right. And it well, yeah, it really depends on how they're they're building this out. Like what it looks like based on the screenshots and obviously for me it's just based on screenshots. Like I said, it reminds me of Slay the Spire where they probably each class has a base deck you go through different worlds and at the end of every fight you get the choice to pick up a new card and then there'll probably be certain points where you can drop certain cards or you know certain events that happen where you can do different things or get different power-up abilities so i'm sure there's going to be a lot to it that you know you'll probably just have good runs and bad runs but i want to see what that looks like a little more before i say whether or not i'll definitely get this or definitely won't yeah, I don't know. Now that I look more at the article and like read things, they talk about balance twice, and, and it definitely things. seems like yeah. <laughs> and I read things. Um, it, they talk about like uh, each class has uh, each class can find new abilities and roll more dice per turn, eventually cascading damage and skills used in each uh, turn. Imbalanced, maybe fun, absolutely. And they're really like leaning into uh, the roguelike elements of the game. So it kind of seems like, yeah, maybe you're right. This is going to be super unbalanced and you're going to get fucked sometimes. Yeah, that's kind (laughs) of what I'm thinking. But I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I feel like depending on how they do this, because this, like I said, there's a lot up to chance when you put not only an element like what card are you going to draw, but then also what die did you roll at that time? So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I like the concept. I just don't know how it's going to play out. But uh, it looks pretty cool just from the base like concept of it. Yeah, the base concept definitely looks like Yu-Gi-Oh meets uh, meets Yahtzee, so that got me enticed. (laughs) That's a great comparison. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of strategy games, moving over to our next article is written by Patricia Hernandez. Um, This on Polygon, it is uh, Pathways, a mix of Indiana Jones and XCOM. This, I mean, yep. Um... (laughs) here's a pleasant surprise on april 11th pathway uh will release on steam in it a team of adventures journey out into the desert in search of hidden treasures and secrets your goal is to find artifacts before the nazis do i mean are these current day nazis like just right-wing people are these like hey these are real nazis like they're like like zombie nazis nope just like nazis like people who are legit nazis Oh, or this okay. is back in time when people were actually Nazis. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they've elaborated much. I don't, I don't know. They're just Nazis. You know, Nazis <laughs> will do what Nazis do. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm starting to think I really like Patricia Hernandez. I don't really know much about her uh, her like writing career, but she definitely seems to enjoy pixel, pixel art, art as much as yes, that's yeah. exactly why. Uh, the beyond the gorgeous pixel art uh, pathways, apply um, appeal lies in the randomly generated campaigns that make every playthrough different. There are over 400 stories and events that promise tough choices, um, and the game offers 16 playable characters, each with their own strengths and weaknesses that will aid you during your journey the point of the game is to find secrets uh whether whether that's better gear or high value treasures uh this game looks really cool why do these these people keep doing this to me man not only are there so many games coming out but there's so many games like this where they look so good but there's just so much time that you have to invest into it yeah this game looks like it's gonna take forever like (laughs) you might play this for hours upon hours and still not hit like half of that 400 story events yeah and it seems like it can mix like a choose your own adventure like novel it can mix just randomly Mm -hmm. like you go onto this random storyline because you accidentally fell in a hole that had like a 10% chance of falling a hole obviously that's not real but still yeah this uh, 400 story events Jesus that's a lot yeah that's excessive I mean it looks super cool I'm gonna it sucks I know I'm gonna end up getting this (laughs) I like Indiana Jones a lot. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat, which is a little weird considering how many games I play that actually utilize turn-based combat, but I'm excited for this. I just really hope that I can't stand less than a foot away from somebody and shoot them and I miss. That'll really piss me off. Oh, dude, that shit happens with, um, what's the game? Dragon Run, I think it was. I don't know. I was just talking about XCOM. It's no. bullshit. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm thinking specifically like the I played a game. I'm, I believe it was. Oh god, now I have to look it up. But anyway, the whole thing was like the percentages usually in games where you like where you have more of like a sixty, you know, more than sixty percent chance. You're like, I'll always hit it. But like this game was like if if you have like seventy percent chance, you will miss seventy percent chance. That's like that's what it felt like. It was just like all the time I was getting so pissed off, and I was like, nope, I can't do this game. This- you're like, obviously they put a seven when they meant to put a three because this is horse shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> god, what was it? definitely god i fucking deleted it because i was just so tired of it (laughs) i can't (laughs) find it in my list i was like nope never again i'll never play you anyway whatever it doesn't matter this (laughs) stupid game but i mean this game looks really cool and i definitely want to play it i mean i don't know about that percentage thing it might be i'm not usually the biggest fan of like the the turn-based either as far as like tactical games but I don't know. This game just looks I mean, you're really also appealing. not a fan of card games, but you found out that you definitely uh, yo. are. <laughs> no. This, okay, that will not happen with this genre. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I already know I don't like turn-based, okay? I like. I know who I am, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll still probably end up picking this up because, I mean, it drops as of the time recording tomorrow, but by the time this goes live, it'll already oh, be up there. Oh, shit. I didn't but, even realize um, that. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. It drops tomorrow. Like, I, I feel like yeah, I'm just there are way too many it. games. <laughs> yeah, because and I'm gonna get end up getting that, and then I'm gonna be like, okay, this is fun. But then Steam World Quest is gonna drop, and I'm gonna be like, well, you're done. And then <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. So like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to do that to it either. I, I feel like I should get it later after Steam World, because otherwise. But then, oh, and I gotta get Katana Zero, dude. 
it's too much going on. <laughs> this is a big right month now. for games. Yeah. There's a lot coming out. Does it say anywhere in the article that I'm just missing how much this game costs? Because it really pisses me off that on their Steam page it doesn't say. No, it doesn't, doesn't say. It yeah, it's like you can find article. out in 11 hours. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. Just let me like look at it. It's so annoying. <laughs> doesn't doesn't let you. That's all you get. Yeah, it doesn't even have like. Wait a minute. Does it have the? Oh no, it does have the. Oh, there's new images and stuff. Not new, but different images. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This yeah, is, and they have that sweet trailer. Um, I really like that. Yeah, trailer. the trailer was good. I like the voice actor for it. He was pretty dope. Um. Yeah, this looks really cool. I don't know. We'll have to wait for that price drop. Cause yeah, that that definitely will be a factor in it. Cause if it's like. I feel like this this game will probably be twenty. I feel like more than likely. I mean, this I I love how much price point is coming up as a conversation for what we're going to talk about as our like big topic today because it'll be really fun to talk about. Um, but it's before we get to that, I need to get to our next news story because we're getting to the bottom of the news and we've been going for a while <laughs> in the news. <laughs> Uh, this is over on Polygon, written by uh, Mike Mall. Why did I just say that? Oh my god, I just said Mike Mall. Um, <laughs> Michael McWhorton. McWhorton. You got a cool McWhorter. name. <laughs> McWhorter. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me, all right? Um, video game birds are having a really good year. Okay, so I'm going to tell you right now, Polygon needs to figure out its classification for what is news because this is obviously a feature. I don't see a single thing in here that's necessarily news exclusively to this article. These are like things that have already been known or were like already showcased with the exception of that sweet update with the Nintendo Labo thing. Like where's this <laughs> freaking bird <laughs> on April 10th? Uh, or I guess that was just the update. They updated on April 10th to have this Labo like turkey. Um, but <laughs> this article showcases a bunch of really cool bird games. Uh, of course, you got Falcon Age coming to PSVR and PlayStation 4. Um, I I think Falcon Age looks really good. Um, it's 19.99 from what I've heard about like with some of the people that I uh, write with over at Handsome Phantom and stuff, um, they've said that the the game was done like a disservice by making it seem like a just an animal simulator like uh oh i take care of this bird simulator which is also a big part it seems of what make this game special uh falcon age specifically is like taking care of this really cute little bird that you could put hats on and stuff um but i've heard that they did it a disservice because of how much like actual combat and world building and how cool falconry is put uh, as like a gameplay mechanic in this game um so i'm actually really excited to check out falcon age and i like that you, it's not only playable in vr you can actually also just play it straight up on ps4 mm-hmm. yeah no i didn't really know that there was a lot of fighting in that game either so i guess that's just kind of a bad part on their marketing side yeah, exactly. Like I've I I heard them talk about it several times, but it was only in specific interviews like uh um oh my god. Oh, Jonathan Dornbush. Uh he did I I seriously forgot his name. Um <laughs> Jonathan Dornbush did an interview with these guys uh on I think last week's episode of Beyond and they talked about combat, but that was one of the only times I've ever like seen them talk or seen or heard them talk about the combat that's actually in Falcon Age um mm. versus just like the trailers generally just showcase the bird and you like right. 
being friends with a bird, and it's a cute bird, and you pet the bird, which is can also you pet the dog. Oh, now you can with that sweet <laughs> new update. Um, yeah. there's also feather on here, which, I mean, it just kind of seems like a flying simulator, but you're a bird. So, I mean, I didn't see anything super special with feather. Feather is the only one on this list of like bird games that I didn't think looked super cool. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's like, oh, a flight simulator, but you're I mean, a bird. Did you like a short hike? That's like a hiking simulator. <laughs> yeah, but see, here's the thing. It's got pixel art, so it looks better. Okay. Oh, oh <laughs> Always something with you. I mean, a short hike has like the kind of cutesy art style that I really like. It's just like this weird little crow or penguin just wobbling around everywhere. I think it looks super cute. Um. I also really like Skatebird. Skatebird, Skatebird. looks super funny and weird. It, they they say it's like uh, Tony Hawk, but if Tony Hawk was a bird, I think that looks so cute. It's yeah. it's coming out soonish. It's it's supposed to be coming out in 2019. Um, but it just looks like so much fun. I've never been into skate games, but if, if everyone's wanting Skate Three, how about we just play Skatebird, guys? How about yeah. we just be okay with what we have because this is oh, fantastic. Man. I'm down. I just I I really like the art style. Like I said uh, before the podcast, it it really reminds me of like the Katamari Damacy world, but then you playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> like it looks so cool, and I love how he's got little headphones on. <laughs> yeah, he's just listening to music. He's just I'm wondering to music. in the trailer they have like a pretty decent song. I actually really enjoyed the song. I wonder if they're gonna pull that in as well. Like they're also taking similar like soundtrack from uh tony hawk's pro skater games like how it's gonna be that kind of like grungy punk rock like early rap stuff like indie rap stuff i wonder if it's gonna be that or if it's just gonna be like boring (laughs) i don't know time will tell (laughs) i feel like music is gonna be a big part in this because music is kind of a big part of skate culture as well yeah yeah so it, it'll be interesting. Um, there's also a uh, Tori pond, which is like Pokemon snap, but with birds. Also, they talk about how this, uh, this game takes place in an apartment. It's a large apartment, but it showcases like 50 birds. Yeah. What apartment has 50 loose birds in it? Show me that apartment. That's I mean, terrifying. Yeah. That's, One of them uh, also of picked up poop. a fucking knife. One of them oh, picked yeah, up I a knife. That. Why I was, was like, it stabbing stuff? Yeah, I was like, oh, it's so cute. Everything's so cute. There's like a bird like messing around with soap or whatever. And then there was one with a fucking knife. I was like, that's a murder bird. You let a murder bird into your house. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. That's some I mean, fucked up shit right when there. When there's 50 birds, you can't really keep track. That's very true. I mean, so we talked about this on uh, before we started the podcast. 
this game, I, I personally think looks good. I really like its art style, and I think it looks really cute. And I didn't realize until today how much I actually enjoy photography in games. Like uh, Dead Rising, I really enjoy its photography beyond good and evil. I love that photography in games. I never played Pokemon Sta- Snap, which is probably like what? heresy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. You fucking fool. I don't like the N64. I don't like it. <gasps> oh, my God. I feel God. like I've talked about this before that I really hate its controller and it's just tainted the the uh, console for I me. I mean, yeah, but the, you can't. No, but the console's got so many good games. Yeah, it's also got a shitty controller, so I'm not going to play it. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> we've also cool. got <laughs> the Untitled Goose Game is on here, and so is The Pathless. Uh, the Pathless, we still only have the reveal trailer, not much else with it. I'm still mm. excited for it. think it looks cool. Untitled Goose Game, isn't that the game where you just play a goose scaring the shit out of people? Yeah. And, like, it just fucking with people? Yeah, I fucking want it. I wish it would come out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna play this game. I want to be a jerk goose. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, its creators describe it as a slapstick stealth sandbox in which you steal hats, honk constantly, and ruin people's days. <laughs> What, what, uh, I mean, can't think of a better way to spend my afternoon <laughs> than scaring the shit out of like weird Play Doh people as a goose. Yeah. It's <laughs> like my life dream, man. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what my life has built up to. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> well, I won't be ready until they releases, but <sighs> that's true. Well, and I, I guess we'll wait for now. <laughs> Um, something you don't have to wait for, I guess, in a way you do have to wait for, is our next story. Uh, this is not written by anybody special. This is written by the team over at Digital Sun um, whoa, on whoa, their whoa. blog. What? They are plenty special. Oh, no, I, was just, I didn't mean to say that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually even know what I just said. That's how weird I get when I haven't eaten. But That's okay. Uh, Moonlighter team, you're very special. We love you. All right, continue. I do. I really love you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, please make your collector's edition easier to purchase. I <laughs> just that's my one thing. Um, so in this, they announced uh, that they're celebrating 500,000 copies sold of Moonlighter. I'm assuming that includes both uh, physical and digital, which I'm going to tell you right now. Guess what? I bought it three times. I'm three of those 500,000. Yeah, guys. What? Let's make it Wait. four and make All that right. collector's All edition right. so easier to purchase. Let's take a step back. <laughs> now, I understand you would get it digitally and then you would get it physically. Yeah. What's the third one, though? I also have it on Nintendo Switch. Uh, I see. <laughs> I owned it on both PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and uh, PlayStation 4. <laughs> uh-huh. And I want to own it on PlayStation 4 a fourth time or a third time. Because I also want this cool physical collector's edition that comes with that awesome, uh, like, stress ball slime that I told you about. <laughs> it's really cute. Man, I just wish <coughs> I wish you had, and I, I don't know your financial situation, but I wish like you had enough. Like an unstable income? <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew, like, I wish you had a financial advisor. And I wish I could just sit in <laughs> on the conversations that you and him would have and him be looking like... All right, so it shows here you've uh, purchased this Moonlighter three times. What, can you explain what this is? And you trying to like tell him that you had to have it on both systems and a physical copy, and him just being like, hmm, we're going to have to cut off your funds, Vaughn. 
like... It reminds me of the episode in The Office where Michael's going bankrupt and uh, he asks Oscar to help him with his finances. He's like, why do you own 11 different magic kits? <laughs> Pretty much. That's you. <laughs> He's you like, are... no one on earth needs 11 magic kits. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. It is me. Um, but hey, you contributed to it, so congrats. This is this is an article for you. Yeah, this was obviously entirely on my back. I carried this like Atlas carries the world. Thank you very much. This is obviously sarcasm, by the way, since nobody understands sarcasm. <laughs> um, they also announced in this blog post that they have their first paid DLC called B- Between Dimensions. Um, it is coming out this year, and it's their biggest expansion so far. I would assume so, because all the other ones are free, and this one's paid for. So this one's got to be freaking huge. Um mm-hmm. It includes a brand new interdimensional dungeon, uh, 10 original enemies, and five mini bosses. Uh, f- does that mean the five mini bosses aren't going to be original? Just thought I'd ask. <laughs> I don't know. They stole it from other games. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're going to have a full set of weapons uh, with a new short sword, big sword. I like how they call it a big sword. It's a, it's like a, I guess I never noticed like a, that it's called it's a, a great sword. sword in every other game or a long sword. Yeah, we're the English language is very special. It's yeah. it's really primitive. It's big, <laughs> I mean, it's a big sword. It's, it's a, a big, big sword. sword. As opposed um, to a short sword yeah. or a small sword. Wait, is it short? Is it short and big or is it small and big? Uh, short and big. What? Oh, well, that's just silly. Oh, if it that's was just small dumb. sword and big sword, I would understand. But, <laughs> come on. You, you guys aren't even trying here. Yeah, they don't have a long sword. It's just short and big. Yeah. Um, they also have bows, gloves, and spears, all new ones. Uh, you're going to have new sets of armors uh, with a new helmet, chest, and boots. Yep, that's what a set of armor consists of. Um, mm. Trick weapons, 10 unique weapons, both powerful and punishing. They mm. made sure to let you know that. I wish they had like a little wink, kind of like a, you know what I mean? A little emoji. Oh, like, like a little okay. sexual thing. They're oh, like nice. punishing. Yeah. Punishing, oh. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah. It gets oh. you there. That's <laughs> getting me going. All right, let's keep going. What, uh, what else do they have? They also have new rings, which are boosting uh, Will's passive abilities. That's pretty dope because this game's a pain in the ass. Um, new shop <laughs> upgrades, allowing Will to showcase his new interdimensional items and new customers asking to trade and an uh, unfamiliar NPC, the trader. Okay. Mm. I mean... I'm just not going to I'm not going to really remark on how dumb that name is because hey, of how much I love this game. He's a man of his name. He he only does one thing and he does it well. He is the traitor. Yep, apparently. It's <laughs> really creative. I'm I'm super excited for this expansion though. How much do yeah. you think it'll be? How much would you be willing to pay for it? Well, I don't have the game, so it'd be weird if I just bought it on my own without the game. But I would assume that the game would be five ninety nine. The like the um the DLC would be five ninety nine. Yes. Sorry, I, DLC. I don't know how why I had such an issue like clarifying that. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. it's okay. It's it's late. We're we're all we're getting through it. It's, it's like six. I say five ninety nine. <laughs> it's time for your bed. It's it's bedtime. Six o'clock. Apparently, bedtime. new thing. I'm like a five year old child. You yeah. Gotta go bed at six. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm 14 minutes past my bedtime. I have to go to bed, Josh. 
All I'm right, sorry. goodbye. I'll carry on with the podcast. Yeah, you have to finish. All the right, podcast. so there's no more news, and uh, let's see what else do we have on the docket. Uh, oh, we got a cram, and then we got a bless God. Uh, all right, good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go into it. I'm just gonna say we got a cram. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna, I got a cram. I got to cram this in so you can go to bed. Speaking of cramming it in, it's time for us to move on to news cram. Cram, 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 cram. Also disgusting uh, transition. <laughs> Yeah, it's super disgusting. <laughs> I mean, the whole section is disgusting. The fact that we call it news cram and then we say you have to get crammed, it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> cram it up, baby. Um, So for the articles on news cram today, we got the first one over on Polygon is The Witness is Free on the Epic Game Store. Um, Then over on Twinfinite, we got Enter the Gungeon of Farewell to Arms gets a launch trailer, which... Yeah, baby clarifies you do get to play as like the desperado character mm-hmm. i don't know if that's actually it. what he's called but i mean that's freaking cool i mean it's free so it's time i already have the well, game i mean for you to download it and you know get it up and running and whatnot it's time for you that's to true. O- open the damn game yeah he looks really cool so i'm definitely probably gonna play just to I'm do sure that um next over on polygon we've got it's like pokemon snap but with cute birds instead uh we actually talked about the game already in our birds article um birds. on polygon as well uh how one developer resurrected a long dead iphone classic on game informer we got uh return of oberdin may still come to switch uh um, still hurt <laughs> There's just so many hurt eyes today on this podcast. I know. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it on the actual podcast, but that Pokemon Snap lookalike, like cute birds thing, I don't know. I, it looks cool, but I definitely will never be able to play it because the movement in that game looks super wonky, and I just yeah. feel like it really fucks with my eyes. It's abrasive. It it feels weird. Like Even watching the trailer, I was like, ah, my eyes feel weird. Yeah, I'm not not a fan, but yeah, taking pictures of cute birds... It. That's a that's a nice idea. I just wish it looked nicer. <laughs> um, also on Game Informer is uh, Valhalla gets release date for PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, also on Game Informer, we got a lot of Game Informer today. Uh, Escaped Chasm is a new small game from Undertale's lead artist. Uh, Escaped Chasm looks really good. The, the main thing I wanted to talk about in this article is that Imram Khan wrote it, and he actually does, like, he... He really tries hard to point out the fact that everybody knows Undertale as, like, a Toby Fox production, but nobody really knows that there was actually an artist who helped Toby Fox create Undertale, and this game is created by that person. I really like the art in uh, mm-hmm. in Escaped Chasm. I think it looks really pretty, and I'm actually... I'm, I'm definitely thinking about uh, picking it up. I think this is also something on, like, itch.io, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it's one of those pay-for-what-you-want kind of games, um, but it, it looks super interesting. There's not a lot that they give as far as details, but uh, in the article, they kind of mention that the reason for that is it's very story-based, um, so they're trying not to give too much away. Um, it looks super interesting and the fact that it has like these story branches to it and different endings I thought was kind of cool I'm thinking about picking it up it just depends on when um, but it's you know it's a, yeah you're it's like a, not this month because I've got like yeah, 12 games I gotta play yeah I have to put that on the backlog because there's there's a lot there's a lot out there but it looks super super cool as far as like the art style to it and it looks like just based on the little that we've seen in the trailer that the story it's it's very 
unknown what's happening but interesting at the same time so there's a little bit of that like well i kind of want to see where this is going yeah it's really retreat it's really intriguing and it seems kind of depressing but in a weird way like i want to be depressed i want to see where this story goes it's kind of like how i always go back to life is strange and how i how much i love that game series but let's be honest it's fucking depressing so (laughs) Um, the next story is over on Twinfin. It is Risk of Rain 2 sees estimated 650,000 players in its first week of early access. That's what Holy I'm talking shit. about, baby. That's yes. a lot. This fucking game is good. That's why. It's so good. You Apparently, it. it's it's Dude. very decent. <laughs> get it get it for your PC and play with me. Be my friend already, goddammit. I might actually do that. I'm not even... Okay, so something weird that I realized when I was playing Farblade... I bought a new desk. I really like playing games at my desk. So see, see? yeah, see? here we go. It's time to it's time to convert, baby. Yeah, it's I might PC have to change time. it up. <laughs> oh yeah, if you get it, you let me know because we're gonna play. Okay, I'm gonna risk I, all the rain. I need to start playing on my PC much more because that's where so many indie games are. Like so yeah. many of the indie games that we cover on this podcast are like, oh yeah, it. They've announced that it's going to be coming to consoles eventually. But I don't know when that's going to be. I it all starts here, yeah. baby. Yeah, PC is such a low barrier of entry. It's just, from what I understand, so much easier to code for than a specific like button layout and shit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. totally makes sense. I will probably end up playing much more on PC unless Chucklefish finally brings Starbound to consoles and then fuck you because no. I'm going to be playing that game. Um, our next story is over on IGN. It is also our last story in Newscram, and it's a weird one. Um, <laughs> Enter the Gungeon adds dog petting after being called out on Twitter. Have you? Do you follow this uh, this Twitter account that tells you whether or not you can pet dogs in video games? I don't, I don't follow it, but I've seen a couple of the posts from it, and I'm always like, like I first saw it a, a while back, and I was like, why is this a thing? <laughs> But, yeah, they have the Last Guardian where they're just like, you can indeed pet the dog in it, and it's like, oh, it's Trico. It's not a dog. It's this weird man bear pig thing, but it's still pretty cool. But you can pet it, something. <laughs> yeah, they also have it in like Red Dead. They're like, you can in fact pet the dogs in Red Dead. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, this is super weird. They basically were just like, hey, you can't pet the dog, and then the creator was like, hold my beer, and just. Put it in the uh, Farewell to Arms update that you can now pet the dogs in Enter the Gungeon, of course, the ones you're not shooting, which I don't think there are any actually, like, are there any dog-based enemies? I know there's the big, like, hulking bird, but once again, I haven't got anywhere in that game because I'm bad at it. (laughs) I've been to, like, World 4 or 5, but I don't remember ever seeing a dog. Well, there you go. I imagine the only dog is the one you get if you play, like, the hunter character. Yeah. And then the dog like picks up stuff for you, and that's really cool. So it definitely deserves a good pet. I also love that in that article it says basically that like that fans of the game have really wanted to pet that dog for a while. Like that's an oddly specific thing to want in your game is to pet a virtual dog. He's a good boy. (laughs) That's true. He He definitely deserves it. Um, speaking of deserving it, I think it's a, it's, it's time to hop into God Bless the Crowd. This is where Josh, uh, pops into different crowdfunding sites, finds some sweet indie games, and we talk about them. Today, we've got two different indie games, uh, to talk about in God Bless the Crowd, and those are Irma the Game over on Indiegogo, and a Horde's 
a a horde too many. That's a weird name. I don't know if I like that. Uh, that is over on Kickstarter. Irma the game. I have not followed the. I, so is it a web comic or is it an actual comic? It says uh, uh, be- oh a web based comic. I Irma. It's a web based comic. Yes. Yeah, the creator. I'm gonna tell you right now. He's a cute individual. He he seems very cute. He he talks very like very lightly in the trailer for Indiegogo, and he's very like. I don't know. He's just, he seems like a good guy. It really makes me want to actually fund this game. And the art style for Irma is like super cute. I, it kind of makes me also want to read the webcomic. Yeah. So that's actually what this made me like. I was, I, I saw it, had no idea about it and was like, I don't know. It kind of looks good enough to actually start like reading. Like it it seems interesting. It's basically like, it's horror for kids is what he says it is. Yeah, it it seems really really cute, kind of what you're going about, and also like it just seems like a you might as well give it a go because uh, the game's only five bucks. You could just pick it up for five bucks. That's not that much. You got five yeah, bucks. that's awesome. Okay, so I also don't know how Indiegogo works. Does Indiegogo is it like is this a finished project? Like if I pay the five dollars, I get it right now, or is this something I have to wait for? No, this is going to be something you'd have to wor- uh, wait for. So this is okay. Cool. This is I sim- assume so. Yeah. So this is very similar to Kickstarter, in, in the sense that he's looking for um, looking for that money to create it. This is a little different because, uh, as you'll know, in Indiegogo, or as you'll not know, but as you'll see, uh, it says under there where it has the fifty five percent of twenty five hundred. It has flexible goal next to it, and what that means is this campaign will receive all funds raised even if it does not reach its funding goal, meaning that if you gave that money, you are going to lose that money effectively. Um, what that, that means, I, yeah. What that means as far as if he'll still create it, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how the the like legal work for that is entailed. But this is five bucks. It's really not like you're losing like much so to speak but if you back on like the higher tiers maybe that's a little bit more yeah there's one that's five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah so maybe not Holy but shit. I, I mean i don't know maybe the legal side of it says that like he'll still or maybe it's just more on a base case by case basis on him saying that he'll still work on it but that's one of those like you have to take that into consideration um so yeah but i mean obviously if you're going for the lower tiers it's not that big of a, a loss either way but the guy from the comments and from the updates that have been shown it seems like they are working on it and trying to get something through um so it seems like this is one of those projects where even if they don't hit that entire funding the guy will still do it it'll just be halted um or you know i imagine they're gonna hit that funding they probably will they're like 55 percent the way there and they still have 26 days left yeah well i don't know because they might have done it where Cause like a lot of these, you don't have to start at 30 days. You could start earlier or start. I'm sorry, not earlier, but you could start for, yeah, you could do like 60 or 40. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent on Indiegogo's like base dates, but so that might not have started at 30, but I mean, it's still, it still is a whopping 55% of it. And that's 13 K that he's at right now, almost 14 K. So, I mean, they're, they're getting a good ways there. Um, 
And this is, I believe this game is, it's a point and click adventure kind of game. So, I mean, granted, and I'm not going to shit on like the genre of it, but it's not as intensive as say something that would be, you know, uh, like different styles of games as far as like a 3D adventure game or something like that. So if anything, this might be something where, you know, like I said, you'll just get less of a game or you'll get it later on. Yeah, that's very true. This game looks really good, though, actually. I I might back it, especially for just five bucks. It looks super cute. It's all about, like, this ghoulish girl. who mm. She's a, a little ghost girl, and she's going to school, and she plays with friends and all sorts of stuff. She looks like the, the chick from The Ring or, like, one of the, like the grudge. She looks mm. like that. And yeah. it's it's weirdly endearing. Like, in, <laughs> in this, like, cutesy art style, it actually makes me like her more, which is a little odd. Yeah, but no, it looks super cute. I I definitely definitely would recommend anyone who's interested throwing them the five bucks at least just to help them out. But we'll see where. Let it goes. alone five hundred dollars for something personal. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I mean, granted, the T-shirt and signed book is pretty cool. If you're like a fan of the comic, like it seems like a pretty dope way to give him some cash back. If you just enjoyed his web series, I don't know it, but I'm. You know, there's people out there, I'm sure, who read it that would probably want that signed book anyway. So, I mean, there's there's some pretty good tier items here. Yeah, there are a lot of really cool stuff. I'm I'm excited for this game. I really hope it ends up getting funded. Uh, but the other game we got to talk about is a horde too many. This is a side-scrolling post-apocalyptic RPG with survival, a base management, and tower defense elements. This looks weird. Yeah. This, I mean, yeah. that was interesting to see your opinion on it. Every <laughs> week I collect these games and I always collect them with the, the thought of like, I wonder what Vaughn is going to say of like, and sometimes you surprise me where you're like, oh, I really like this. And I'm like, hmm, totally thought you were going to shit all over it. And then there's <laughs> other games where like with this, I came in and I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some, some issues with it. <laughs> I mean, I actually don't. I mean, it's... Uh, if I'm being honest, the art style does look really weird. It kind of reminds me of a mobile game as far as art style. I think that's what puts me off is like it I don't know. And it's not to say mobile games are bad or anything, but it just has that same aesthetic like look to it that a lot of mobile games do, I feel. And so for that reason it just looks like it's more of not a complex style of gameplay, I guess. Yeah, I I see where you're going with that. Yeah, it definitely does look like a mobile game. Yeah, but like the actual gameplay to it seems like it has potential. I mean, there's different classes. Each ones have their own abilities. They're different strengths. You're running through and killing zombies. There's co-op to it. Like I could see this being a lot of fun. I'm very confused at where like the base management and tower defense elements come in because there's only like a few parts where they show you in like a a base or a tower and then the rest of it is like you running through like the city so i don't know if it's like you run through the city to find items and then come back to your base and like i don't know what the point of anything of it is like maybe at nighttime you got to go back to your base or something yeah i I don't know defend your base against an attack or something yeah i don't i don't know exactly what that setup's gonna be but i mean there's definitely some elements to it that i think could be fun i don't really know i'm not crazy about the movement of the characters just because it it feels very wonky as far as like the the zombies are kind of like ballerina dancing towards you it's very strange 
yeah, this game just looks weird. <laughs> it, like, it looks odd, and for some reason, you pick up their brains, which is so much oh, weirder. Yeah, I saw that, and like, I guess that's the currency, but like, ew, why? Why would that be <laughs> currency? I don't understand. <laughs> Like, you'd yeah. at least have to have some sort of explanation for that. I mean, Fallout uses bottle caps, and they explain that away in, like, one line of dialogue. They're like, yeah, it's, like, really easy to come by, and nobody gives a shit about money. I'm like, okay. Well, that makes but sense. brains is very specific. Yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I it, it looks know. weird. <laughs> um, so how much can you do for this one to get the game? So you have to 13. do with the early bird early bird yeah Yeah. so it's early bird is 13 um which ends up coming out to us dollars 15 because it's 13 and is that euros yeah i I think think so euros um so it's 15 dollars us uh but then the regular version of it without the early bird is basically 16 euros which is only 18 bucks so it's it's not crazy expensive but it is um not a five dollar pickup so you know (laughs) it's not like the last one um yeah but the the team seems interesting uh like at the end of the the video it was just like four people who were talking about like them just saying thank you and like i I don't know they just start making weird noises and like because they keep screwing up takes in it i don't know it was very (laughs) like the the team seems like they're having a good time doing this so it was nice to see it but yeah i don't know they're they're a bunch of weirdos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this game looks it looks weird but it also looks like it has kind of like a nice personality to it what the yeah. f horde tactics there's like a weird card game yeah yeah so that was one of the things is is for people who back it they'll also get this like this kickstarter exclusive card game that they made dude you have to back it kickstarter yeah <laughs> No, Vaughn, we've talked about this. It needs to be a card game with other elements to it. Not the just other element is zombies. Game. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> but it, I did think it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I, maybe I'll get the zombie card game. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's a really cool reward. Like a really cool incentive to actually pick up the game. I don't know how much that to get the card game is but normally they just do like physical goods like oh you might get an art book you might get a t-shirt but mm-hmm. a whole card game is kind of special yeah horde tactics cable card game box horde tactics horde tactics I'm trying to find out when you actually like what's the base oh okay so to get it digitally mm-hmm. um to get it physically you have to spend the 84 dollars. but to get it digitally it looks like you can get it uh, it's just doo-doo-doo. the just the base. So if yeah. you like, if you just buy the game for the the fifteen bucks, the early bird, or the eighteen bucks, the regular, you get both games basically. That's pretty sweet. It's two for the price of one. It makes it kind of like a better value proposition. And yeah. the card game kind of looks interesting. It reminds me a lot of Gwent, which is a little odd. Hmm. No, I never played Gwent. So Gwent is pretty good. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. It just. This one looks kind of weird. Um, I will definitely, if I had to pick between the two, Irma the Game is definitely the one that I would back. Um, I just, I like its art style. I like everything about it. Um, and it doesn't have weird ass brain currency, as far as I know. <laughs> I mean, it may also have brain currency. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. Um, so this brings us to our big topic of today. So are you, 
Are you uh, familiar with the term race to the bottom? Mm, no. Okay, so, I mean, this is brought up, I believe, as like a, it's an economic term that talks about companies lowering the prices of goods to try to undercut their competitors. Um, I believe oh, it's okay. it's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's... It's much more complicated than that, um, but it was also it became part of the games industry when uh, when like iPhone games and the app stores were getting really big. Um, they called it the race to the bottom because initially when these games were coming out, they actually costed money. You had to pay for them, um, mm-hmm. but there was a race to the bottom. It was uh, these developers basically undercutting each other so much to try to to get their game to be popular, to be the next big thing, um, to the point where now I wouldn't pay anything for a game on a phone. That's, that's basically the worst part about a race to the bottom is people like me or just the average person refuse to pay for phone games because it just doesn't make any sense. It's like... I have hundreds of games on my phone that are free. Having the one that's $10 is weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like Florence apparently is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I won't mm-hmm. buy it <laughs> I'm telling because you, man. it's on the phone. Yeah, that's why you get that Google survey opinions and you just do that and get free money. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, w- would you purchase these games otherwise? Like uh, on your phone? If I didn't have that Google opinion rewards thing? Yeah. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's the bad part of a race to the bottom. So some people have been saying that indie games are the next race to the bottom um, Mm -hmm. because they're consistently coming out at lower and lower prices. And the worst part is we talk about this on the podcast a lot about the value proposition of a game and Mm -hmm. how uh, you talked about, like, that game looked like a mobile game that uh, a horde too many look like a mobile game so that kind of drifted you away from paying upwards of $20 for it. Mm. it it just didn't look like something that was worth $20 which is well, totally just that's normal yeah I mean I get what you're coming from with that but I I tend to disagree just on the fact of um like me saying that I wouldn't pay for it because it's a mobile game. It's just I generally don't like the look or the feel of a lot of mobile games. So I get what you're saying that it it might have been a part of that, but I never really experienced that as far as like the, the race to the bottom or at least me personally being aware of it, so to speak. Um, I've just never liked mobile games because I feel like I'm getting like turning into an old man and I just don't want to do anything (laughs) on my phone other than like the normal phone stuffs. But like, I mean, it's the same thing with like, I, I, I just can't do a lot of things on the phone that other people can do. Like my wife will sit there and she'll be able to just like to book things and like uh, do like just random like website shit or, or just like other tasks that normal people like would do on a phone. And I'm always like, no, I have to. I have to order these tickets on, uh, you know, on a on a computer. I can't just. I can't. I can't do it on a phone. It's too small. The I can't trust saving the document. Or just I don't know. It's very like old person stuff that I'm noticing. I'm kind of becoming. But this is a really strange tangent. Um, but basically, because of that, I've never been a part of that. So I don't think that's really what's causing me to be like uh, mobile games. Bleh. But I can see where you're coming from. Of like competition in uh in an industry is actually really important depending on where the regulations come in to how 
much certain things can cost. There's a lot of a lot of you know products out there where they do that, where they have to be at a certain stabilized price, uh, and it can't just be constantly competitors pushing it down because of that risk. But I don't think. I mean, do you have any examples of this really like happening in the indie scene yet? I mean, I know that's it's probably more speculation as of right now, but I can't really yeah. think of something that would per se cause one to think it because like I like I'm thinking of like Steamworld Quest. It's going to be 25 bucks. Like that's an indie game. It's pretty pricey. How much would you pay for See, that's the thing is we think of indie games as being pricey if they're $25, mm-hmm. but you could get just as much like happiness, you could get just as much time spent in Steamworld Quest as you would a AAA game and you're and most people are completely willing to pay $60 for them. So that's that doesn't necessarily have to do with the race to the bottom. It's just kind of a weird thing how we're so much more willing to mm-hmm. pay $60 for something that was just developed by a larger team kind of a thing like had a little well, bit more money in it yeah well so so there's a little bit of merit to both sides on this because i agree that people are definitely more in enticed to pay the normal 60 dollar fee and that's more of a that's because that's what we've known uh, so i think it's a little bit of a standard that was set or you know uh, a predisposition of games are supposed to be this price it's it's basically like okay well how do we break that mentality because an, another part of it is if i'm getting a triple a like game a title from a triple a studio i know that there's a lot more that actually comes into it as far as expenses like there's a lot of work when it comes to 3d animation uh, and graphics that you generally won't get from an indie game. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that or that one is better than the other, but I generally understand the price point difference between them because realistically, if a AAA title tried to come out with a $25 price point, you're generally not going to ever make your money back unless you're doing something, which a lot of them are now, which is being a, you know, as service game of you know having that in-game currency or or things that you have to actually buy later on in the game so it it depends because this is a weird place i feel like in games because there's a lot of different techniques that people can do to get money afterwards you know there's the whole concept of dlcs now and it's like oh well is that a bad thing because games are coming out you know not finished and then people will tack on an extra amount to it or because I mean speaking of DLC uh this is why I talked about it a little bit when we talked about Moonlighter does it feel weird to pay for DLC for indie games no I don't think so no are there like I mean I guess a decent amount of them actually have paid for DLC but so many of them now are just releasing them as free updates yeah that like I'm I, I guess where the whole race to the bottom thing comes in is more of like a, it's setting a precedent for mm-hmm. indie games. So how every indie game is coming with free DLC. Mm-hmm. For me, having played so many indie games with free DLC, it's kind of weird to oh, see it's one definitely, with paid yeah, DLC. Yeah, it's definitely setting a bad habit for people to expect that. Like, I'm honestly shocked at a lot of the games when they come out with these free DLCs because it's like there's so much work that goes into it and it's pretty shitty honestly when it happens like it's it's great from a consumer side of things like i'm always excited but at the same time like it's very unsettling just because you think of how much man hour and how much like 
blood, sweat, and tears went into something that just doesn't get anything, really. Like, it's good because from a publicity standpoint, it's good, and then maybe they'll get new people to tack on to the game, but, like, you're risking the fact that you might make no extra money for months of development time, which is, if they're not making any extra money, that's a lot of money they wasted. Yeah, that's it is a little weird when you think about free DLC, how it's like uh, having free DLC brings your game back into the headlines and it possibly Mm -hmm. might uh, bring more people in to pay for your game. But like you said, it's very possible that it won't. And just you you spent all this time making like this additional piece to your game to not charge anything for it. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming these indie studios have I mean, unless it's their first like free DLC they have like empirical data that says releasing more DLCs actually helps them like team cherry with hollow Knight, how they just kept putting out DLC after DLC and it was all free. Like I'm assuming after the first or second one, they were like, yeah, it's definitely behooving us. It's making us money to put out free DLC. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's a point, but yeah, that was also the thing is with their Kickstarter, they had promised all that DLC. Yeah. Granted they could have obviously charged that for people who weren't part of the Kickstarter, but I, I don't know. I guess maybe it was more work than worth. Uh, obviously, it probably wasn't because they could have made a lot of money off of that. But but then there goes the point of like, do you risk the point of someone not picking up your DLC or more of the game to talk about it because they don't want that you know DLC price point? Uh, it, it depends on where you're going with do you want more publicity versus more money, I'm assuming, at that point. But I mean, interesting enough, when it comes from like a publicity angle, either way, paid for free DLC, it gets publicity. Like, uh, of of course, when you see free DLC, you're more likely to click on it because it's free. But um, so I'm assuming I didn't actually grab any of the articles because I saw like three days ago that Digital Sun had announced uh, the 500,000 copies and the DLC. Um, so I just grabbed their blog post. But people still report on paid dlc like the miss chalice dlc um for cuphead they still reported on it but i guess yeah there is the angle of like free you're more likely to click on it because you want to know what you're getting for free and it's also not even that there's there's an extra angle that the more you know if something's free that means there's going to be more people playing it there's going to be more people potentially streaming it there's going to be more people potentially talking about it and it builds that you know that that wealth of individuals who don't have any no say of it or don't really like they might know it but they just don't have any experience with it that might be more willing to pick it up because there's more people talking about it so i yeah it's got that buzz yeah i think there's definitely a double-edged sword with all of this and as far as the indie games racing to the bottom it's I don't particularly particularly see that as far as like a a very it comes into one of these things where we talked about it before where it's very it's it's not black or white. It's not indie games are just going to curse themselves, but I definitely think that what is kind of a an adaption of a race to the bottom is the things we talked about where the DLC always being free. A lot of people expect it now, which is not the right way to think about it, but unfortunately that's kind of how things are going. A sp- especially because of just the concept of games right now where most of it is people pushing games out and constantly improving on it in iterations and it becomes a point of well where where is money coming from to help develop these changes 
Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. There's just something that keeps coming up in my head. Like two weeks ago, our like discussion was, I think it was two weeks ago, was about kind of like, should indie games still be a genre? Should we still call yeah, yeah, them indie yeah. games? Yeah, it was two because weeks. we, yeah, because we separate them from others. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like indie games, like the indie game scene is trying really hard to kind of segregate themselves with things like free LC and really low price points. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think helps them, but it also negatively affects them. Because if you charge anything more than $25 for an indie game, the likeliness of people purchasing that indie game is very low. Which I is mean, weird. Yeah, which, well, once again, I think... and I mean, it totally I'm makes sh- sense. I just think it's weird. Like, a double-A game, like, I have Elex on my shelf. That game is garbage. It's dog shit. <laughs> Like, it's fun to play, and if you like it, that's absolutely amazing. I actually played a decent amount of it, but there's, like, indie games, like, Flint Hook was 15 to $20, and I've played that game much more, and I think it's a legitimately better game than Elex is, but nobody would ever be willing to pay a $60 price for Flint Hook versus Elex just because it's an indie game and it's known as an indie game. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, but I also think that once again, that comes into the expectation of what you're getting. And it also comes into the fact of like, it's the same thing with not even games, but um, think of brand names. When you walk into your supermarket, there's usually the supermarket style of product and then there's the brand name product, right? So there's literally like zero difference between them, but because the brand name is more well-known and because it's higher up on like the, the not really food chain, which is kind of a weird pun because it's a supermarket, but because it's on top well-known and it's as that, you know, that name brand, people know this specific brand, it'll be charged an extra amount. I think that's obviously a gross jump between the indie market and the AAA titles, but it kind of has the same ring to it. It's people know it. People are familiar with it. You're not as likely to dump $60 into a studio you know nothing about. However, if out of nowhere, you know, the, the new Team Cherry game that comes out, if they were to put price that at $60, people would probably still buy it. I, well, I know people would buy it, but there would still be a lot of people who would be confused, but they'd still go for it because there's a familiarity with that team now and because they've actually backed the fact that they've created a game that's worth $60. I think the problem right now is that with a lot of indies, you're new to the market, you're new to the scene. It's very hard to make your case that you should be paid as much as those larger studios, even though the larger studios are cranking out a lot of shit, like they've still done it in the past and they're just more well-known as a company. Yeah, I mean, you got me there. It's pretty much just the risk versus reward kind of a thing. Like, you you would risk a lot paying $60 for an indie game that you don't know anything about the studio mm-hmm. versus paying $10. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, when it comes to indie games, I'm kind of afraid that, like, it trying uh, just the indie games community trying to segregate themselves so much is eventually going to hurt them in a mm-hmm. way that it's like it is actually a race to the bottom people no longer actually pay higher dollar price they no longer pay higher price points for games because games are going so low like mm-hmm. it, it might become a standard for indie games to be five dollars and then somebody puts it out at two and then it becomes a two dollar standard and it just gets worse and worse i'm i'm terrified of that happening but 
I kind of also don't think it will. Yeah, it's just it was just a weird thing to bring up. I was like, huh. I wonder if that'll ever happen, but I don't necessarily believe it will because I think there will always be people like me who are willing to pay an excessive amount for a video. I mean, games. yeah, even if it's <laughs> only five dollars, you'll still buy you know fifteen copies and then they'll, they'll still be get fine. my sixty dollars. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I think it's a good discussion. I just I personally like you you're on the same page. I really don't think that'll happen, but you, you never know. I mean, if people aren't looking at it, I just think at the same time, like we kind of talked about this now is, is indie games all, almost at the point are becoming more of the majority. And I feel at a certain point, it's going to kick off where like really just everything is an indie game. Like there's very small amount of what's going to be all those AAA titles when there's just so much content out there that at a certain point, I feel like that's going to become one of those just, always use terms that turns into really meaning nothing so to speak yeah that's very true eventually it's not going to mean anything i mean at this very point in time like we had that conversation about what exactly is indie games i don't think it means anything now really because nobody can pinpoint it it doesn't mean anything it's just kind of a weird term that we use to make ourselves feel special i guess but yep indie incursion podcast where we talk about nothing yeah (laughs) <laughs> hopefully the indie game genre never goes away or they don't have to rebrand and i really like the logo that zoe made so i don't want to have to do that <laughs> I know. shout out to zoe that that logo is awesome yeah it's fantastic um i will say though just straight up this is gonna it might hurt some people's feelings and oh, no. i don't even like it oh no stop releasing your dlc for free if everybody <laughs> else is charging for it stop releasing it for free it's so cool it's legitimately the coolest thing that any developer has ever done just accepting like nothing possibly for i mean an excessive amount of work but just stop just don't Mm. do it anymore that's that's a one real word of caution is that eventually you will not be able to charge for indie game dlc because so many indie games because it'll become the standard for indie games to release free dlc i i truly believe that will happen if there's anything that will happen it's that yeah i don't know i mean the consumer in me is like shut up but i know that's what i'm saying i i hate it myself but like (laughs) thinking of a developer i'm like you just need to stop yeah just don't do it anymore (laughs) yeah it just sucks because especially from an indie perspective like they're the ones who need that extra money (laughs) right yeah it's dumb uh, but that's it for this episode of the Indian Incursion Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do upload it each and every Friday. Uh, this releases on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and hopefully soon to be iTunes. It's very Ooh, close. Almost official. Yeah, I figured it out finally. And I, here's the secret. You can't use the web page. You have to actually go through the app, which is really annoying. Did not enjoy that. Yeah, it doesn't just constantly load. You can actually do it. So that's nice. Um, but if you guys like this episode, uh, please give us like good ratings and such. I don't know. Whatever anybody else says. <laughs> you guys can chat with me outside the show at Hyde Legion. You can follow Josh on Twitter at the underscore Joris. And you can actually follow the show itself at IndiePod. It's very easy to find. I mean, interesting enough, Indie Podcast was taken, which hmm. I was like, huh. That's interesting. And then, like, uh, Indie Games Podcast was too long, but Indie Game Pod is taken. There's a lot of stuff. So I just went with Indie Pod, yeah. All right, that's okay. I like it. 
Yeah, yeah. I th- it's it's short and sweet to the point. Everybody knows it's the Indie Incursion Podcast. Hopefully, everybody knows that. Yeah, because uh. you couldn't do something like Indie G Pod because that sounds kind of like kind of dirty. That sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that that sounds like Draw Dog. You know what I mean? It draw just dog. feels weird. Yep. You just don't want to think about it anymore. Uh, but that's it for this episode of the Indie Incursion Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>